Organize Me Radio, episode 31, Using the KonMari Method to Declutter and Organize Your Space. I'm Naima Ford-Goldson. everyone. Welcome to Organize Me Radio. I'm Naima Ford-Goldson and today's guest is Pia Thompson. She is the owner of Sweet Digs based in New York City and she's going to tell us all about the KonMari method of organizing. Welcome Pia. Thank you Naima. I'm so glad to be here. I am so happy to have you here because I would love to find out all about the KonMari method of organizing. Um, You know, there are a lot of people who are fans, a lot of people that are not fans. Some people are skeptical. I'm a little skeptical of it. So I'd love to find out more about it. But first, can you tell us how you got started in the industry? Oh, wow. So I'll try to keep this story short because I can go on and on about this one. So (laughs) I practiced law for a really long time. And it turned out that law was not my, um, was not my journey. Right. Uh, so I practiced law because I wanted to make a lot of money. Honestly, (laughs) I wanted to, um, I really wanted to sort of, you know, be successful sort of as the society defines that. Right. It was really important to me to fit in, to be liked. I was very much a people pleaser, and being a lawyer meant you made it, right? It's like doctor, lawyer, or engineer. You know, I'm West Indian, I'm Caribbean, that's my heritage. Okay. And so it's like doctor, lawyer, engineer, or disgrace to the family, right? We don't travel all these miles to come to this country for you to goof off, right? So that all of that pressure and all that thought process had me practicing law for far too long. And then I got to a point in my life where I realized that I was going down a path that just didn't feel good, didn't feel like me. I had a daughter and I'm teaching her about being authentic and following her dreams. And then I'm following somebody else's dreams for my life. So I left and it took me a little while. It took me years, honestly, to figure out what I wanted to do because I hadn't really thought about it. I was very much tunnel vision trying to fit in. And um, I developed a love of uh, self-evolution and personal growth because I've been working on myself and that's what led me to uh, leave my career. And I've always loved organizing. Like I've always just been naturally organized. So, and I, I knew that I'm going to just call it the traditional way of organizing or non-Kanmari or what have you is, um, wasn't, wasn't, didn't incorporate the self-evolution part that I felt like I really wanted, or at least I didn't know that it did at the time. And then once I found Marie Kondo and I found her by watching her show on Netflix, because it was like a big sensation at the time. Right. And it, it was maybe just a few minutes in. And I, I think it might, she might have even been like on the floor. Like when she, when we do like the home greeting, it's one of the first things. And I was like, is she on the floor <laughs> connecting with the energy in someone's home? Yes, please. Let me get involved with that. And so, and that's what I knew. I knew after that. And then I immediately went online. I was like, I, I can't be Marie Kondo because she's Marie Kondo. How do I get to know? Like, how do I? And then I found out she was training consultants. So that was it. I tried to get on the wait list, had to wait months and all that stuff. But then wow. eventually I got into class and that was how it happened. Wow. So uh, Marie Kondo. Yeah, I remember watching her show too and seeing her uh, with the energy. And I believe in energy too. I know we're all energy. Everything is energy, right? 
but I don't know how my clients would take it if I'm sitting there on the floor <laughs> meditating, whatever it is. Um, so, but I think it's interesting that you, um, you have a law background. How far into your career were you when you decided that it wasn't for you? Uh, I knew almost immediately it wasn't for me, but I didn't understand listening to my intuition. I didn't understand any of that. Right. I just knew I'm like, Oh, well, this is supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be, it's not like law is not easy. Law is easy. Everybody be a lawyer, right? It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be challenging. So I just kind of thought like, you know, the hard, hard work was just hard work. And that was kind of where my mind was. Right. But it turns out as I look back that I knew from the very beginning but I practiced for a long time, over 15 years. I saw a career counselor and then I was like, oh, but the money and the lifestyle and the, and then I would leave and sort of, sort of like waver in and out. And I was a terrified, terrified, because it would mean my whole life would have to change, right? So I had a mortgage, you know, like it's a big deal to leave your career. I was managing, by the time I left, I was managing, I don't remember how many people it was at the time, but I managed up to 15 people at one point. It'd be a big deal for me to just walk away. Right. So... Okay, so you saw Marie Kondo's show and it just resonated with you. Um, so you became certified in, in the KonMari method. Um, is it a certification process? Yeah, so I saw the show, tried to get in the next class, it was full. And then I took the, it's like a three day train, two or three day training um, to get certified. Yeah. So then how, how does the method work? Are you also trained in the energy portion? Tell me all about it. <laughs> so um, I can talk about the training a little bit if you like. So, um, so it, it was, if I remember correctly, it was like an evening meet and greet thing. And then Saturday and Sunday were the like full day trainings. And so what it is, is, you know, we talk about the method, we actually practice it a bit, like, you know, one person pretends to be the client, person pretends, you know, like we work in groups and stuff. So it's more of a workshop. Um, and they talk to you about running your business, Marie's thoughts behind the method. Marie came and spoke at my particular seminar. Um, and they walk you through the whys and hows and whens and the practicalities of everything as well. And then after you take that, you're supposed to take at least two clients through the method, one, the entire method, and then the other one, at least one category. So it could be clothing or what have you. And then um, you have to write tidying reports or explain how you did it and what you thought and what you learned and submit that into our system. And then you have to take a test and then you have to go through an interview process and then you can be certified. So the method involves a lot of different aspects, but essentially, instead of tidying by location, we tidy by category, so, and they go, we go in a certain order. So clothing, books, paper, and then a category called kimono, which is miscellaneous, and then sentimental items. Um, and the reason, there's a lot of reasons for that, but the reason, one of the reasons is because uh, clothing is something that you use frequently, right? So there could be immediate impact, so we start with clothing. But also, you know, more, most people may not have a super sentimental attachment to clothing. So it's something that can, that can um, have big impact, but also you can sort of, you know, ease into the idea of does this spark joy? And then by the time you get to sentimental at the end, you've gone through your whole house because Kamari is a whole home method. You've gone through your whole home. And then by the time you get to sentimental, you're like a joy checking master. And so looking at pictures of loved ones who may have passed away or keepsakes from your child when they were young or something 
will be a lot easier to handle if you've gone through the whole joy checking process already. Um, and then the big thing that I guess probably a lot of people have heard about is does this spark joy? And what's really exciting about that for me personally is that, um, you know, I think most people, if they're doing this on their own, they'll walk, with, walk over to their closet and be like, oh, you know, let me get rid of this. Let me let go of that. What can I get rid of in this space? And with Kanmari, you really look at it like a 180. Instead of what can I get rid of, it's what do I want to keep? And then because of that, it's also what am I learning about myself, right? So if I'm doing clothing, I'm learning that I love yellow and I love stripes and maybe I like patterns, right? I'm learning about those things that really fill me up. So it, you know, it really does turn the process from more of a drag in some sense, in, in a sense, and more of more tedium into something that's more exciting and fulfilling and um, it makes you energized and motivated to, to continue. Um, and you learn about yourself. You learn about how your body responds to joy. So one of the things that we get taught is body language, right? Um, client, a client will pick up something and they'll frown and they don't even realize that they frowned. And then they'll go, hmm, I'm not sure if this sparks joy. And, I'm not, and then I'll say, but you frowned. You may not have noticed that, but I saw that frown. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm teaching them how to see their own selves and how they respond so they can learn to be more authentic and honest with themselves and make better choices. So you learn how to make better decisions. You learn how to be authentic to yourself. Um, it's, about, it's about the stuff, but it's kind of not about the stuff too. Um, and I love that I'm, I'm helping people live happier lives and, and learn how to make their lives better even outside the home. So. so how do your clients respond to the method? Is this something that you think is practical for American culture? Because I know she comes from Japan, which is, you know, generally a minimalistic culture. You know, they're not living in big houses like we are. They mostly live in apartments. Um, and then the factor of having kids into that as well. How do your clients respond? Yes. Yeah, that's a very good question, Aima. Thank you for asking that because the transition from something that was created in Japan and, and traditionally in space, they have much smaller spaces than we do here. And how does that transition over? And I think, you know, when Marie's book first came out years ago, there were a lot of questions around that. Like, how is this going to work? Because I live in New York City. I've got clients that run the gamut, right? So I've got clients that have huge homes and I've clients that have tiny apartments, right? So, and I'm applying the same method everywhere I go. And I think because the method is really about being mindful and intentional and holding on to what really fills you up, the size of your space doesn't make a difference, right? Um, it's about looking past consumerism, looking past the pressures of showing up in a way that society wants or that you should for your job or whatever it is and figuring out what really resonates with you. And when we boil it down, and we really get serious and we ask ourselves those questions, none of us need as much as we think we do. And we all have more than we think we do, right? I know so that's when it's right. like, oh, I can get, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I can get through this closet in a couple hours. I'm like, oh, thanks. Right. So, because then you open it and you take out all that stuff. And this is another part of Kanmari is that we take everything out. I don't have my clients make a big mountain like they do in the show. And I kind of think maybe that was more for a little bit of Netflix drama purposes. <laughs> but like if it's clothing, I'll have them put all their dresses together, all their skirts, all their shirts, right? And so maybe when they're working with me, my sessions are four hours, right? So maybe when they're working with me, we'll get through half of that. 
and they can do the rest, the other half for homework or something. So there's a, there's a definite stopping point. It's not, cause that's, while, while we want our clients to feel the, the pressure, if you will, or the discomfort of, wow, I have a lot of stuff. Cause that's, that's part of the point of the pile to really see how much you have. Um, I don't want them to be overwhelmed and then the tidying comes to a stop, right? Like it also, there's it's like a sweet spot, if you will, of like discomfort and motivation <laughs> that I'm trying to get to. Right. And that mountain will just, people will be like, and you're leaving? Like, you think you're going to leave me with this mountain? And I, so I don't want to do that to people. It's, you know, I'm really trying to motivate them, give them permission, have them understand themselves better, you know? Um, so I, I personally think it translates well. I think um, when we get really honest with ourselves, these mega spaces we live in are really don't connect with what we actually need and want, right? Like, I mean, at least the clients that I work with, that has been my experience, even the ones with the big spaces. So I feel like what um, the KonMari method is most known for would be the folding technique. Now, I have my own techniques with folding, um, you know, how I fold and everything that works for me and works for my clients, and it's easy for my clients to learn. Um, tell me about the folding techniques. Do you actually implement the folding techniques? Do you have to give your clients a tutorial if you want them to use the folding techniques? Yes, definitely. So that is absolutely a part of the method. And, you know, I would say, I mean, I'm sure you can imagine the same thing happens with your their clients too. Once you show them a different way to fold, it's like life changing. You're like, wow, right? <laughs> it is really, it's, it's magical to be right. honest with you. What it does for the space and the tidiness, the ability to see everything. Yeah. So, so it depends on the client though. I do allow my clients to curate their process in a way, right? So they decide, I want Pia right next to me every step of the way, making every place and every decision. And that means they need to buy like a larger package for me to have me there with every single step, right? Um, and I tell them, I, I have a, a program where I include folding videos in this like uh, project management tool that I use for my client. Like I really want my clients to feel empowered because a lot of times they are people who feel a lot of pressure to make decisions for other people. So I'm really trying to empower them. So I, you know, and I'll suggest like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe I should help you learn how to do this, right? I try to read people a lot um, and, and show up in a way that feels safe and good for them. You know, everybody doesn't need to be taught how to fold in person every single item. You know, I really just try to read it and then give them the space to be able to make that choice too. And I give them backup videos if they want. Um, but, you know, I'll give them some space. Okay, do, do your folding for homework. And if I come back again, and the folding isn't done. I don't need to have another conversation and I should probably do a little tutorial. But I do show them that is something that we learned how to do in class as well. Um, and it's an important part of it, you know, especially in a space like New York City where space costs a lot per square foot. And so everybody wants to maximize, you know. Um, so the folding method really does, I think, make a big impact here. So can you tell us what you like about the method? And then on the flip side, what's difficult about it? Okay, so I really love, as I said, the idea of um, connecting with your joy, connecting with your truth, um, trusting yourself, 
Um, I love how the idea of spark joy can be used outside of tidying, right? I mean, your home, I think, is a, and the things in your home are really a story of your life, and they're kind of a microcosm as to how you live your life. Um, so I love that this can be applied elsewhere. Like, I've thought about, like, my own business. Like, what sparks joy in my business, right? Do I want to just do home organizing? Do I also want to write? Do I want to speak? Do I want to write? Like, so it can apply to a lot of different things, and I think that's a beautiful part of it. Um, and I think we often don't allow ourselves to connect with joy uh, because we feel like we need to keep things just in case and every day doesn't need to be. I'm like, I don't like settling. I'm not into it. I try to teach my clients live, use your China, you know. Um, so I love the spark joy part of it. I love the self-discovery part of it. Um, I love the fact that, you know, a, a client, so two of my clients recently have called me a home therapist and a space therapist. And I'm like, that's right. Like I'm, I'm helping you live a better life through your home. And it's just, oh my God, I just, I can't like, I mean, we could talk about that, just that forever. Like I love this work. I love, and I mostly work with black women and I love that. I love that. I'm, I think that we need a, a home, a space that feels joyful to us because we often don't get it once we step outside. And the fact that there are Black women all over the world that are walking into homes that don't feel good, that feel the way they feel guilt or shame or fear, I just, I love that that's the work that I do. And then what do I not? So one thing that I found that has been difficult is, you know, it prescribes like clothing, books, paper, in that order, yeah? And I've had some clients who have had a real connection to clothing and starting with clothing has been really hard for them mm. so i had a client that owned a boutique she doesn't now but she owned a boutique for many years she's super into clothing super into shoes and she had like a whole bedroom dedicated to her clothing or whatever and i'm like we're starting with clothing and she's like really <laughs> right like clothing is a big deal to you know and the whole point is to be able to guide you on a path so that you are not overwhelmed right out the gate, okay? And she was overwhelmed right out the gate. Mm. And so I reached out to the Kamari community. Um, and this is the thing, we all help each other. It's another thing I love about Kamari, but reach out to the community and I was like, you know, have you ever encountered like a client who had real difficulty with clothing? How did you handle it, you know? Um, and, you know, in fact, some people have taken them out of turn when it's felt appropriate for the client. Um, and this is not, you know, I've had quite a few clients in my, in my time working and most of them, the vast majority of them are totally fine starting with clothing. But every now and then you'll come across someone who it just doesn't work for. And so with this particular client, I did it out of order. I just stopped. I was like, okay, let's move. Are you okay with moving on to books? Let's move on to books. And I felt good about it. She felt good about it you know, and I'm not, I don't feel sorry for it because I feel like she probably would not have continued if we kept up with clothing. And the point was to get her to a space where she was comfortable and able to make good decisions for herself. So right. I yeah. think that's good that you were able to pivot in that way, because we also have to understand that our clients are people and what works for some might not necessarily work for the other. So mm -hmm. it's great that you were able to pivot and recognize that, you know, hey, Clothing is not the thing for her to start with. We need to start somewhere else and then yeah. continue, help her continue on her journey. Um, right. With that, 
how likely or how easy is it for clients to maintain the level of organization with this method? Okay, so that's really an important part of this. And I think in her book, Maurice says that she had, and at least at the time of writing, that no one had rebounded. Um, and as I said, with the whole home idea, right? And we're working together sometimes for months with frequency. Um, and there's homework to reinforce what we've learned. And I mean, what I've taught them, um, the whole method is set up so that you won't rebound, right? Like that you have the opportunity to, to practice what you've learned and to, um, and to really work through all different types of items so that you can, you know, be able to make appropriate decisions. So I think, you know, at least from what I've seen with my own clients, there hasn't been rebound. And I've noticed that they have expanded in other parts of their lives because of the work that we've done together. Um, I'm really, I mean, there's another thing that I love is that that happens. Yeah. Um, I haven't, as I said, I haven't seen it myself. Um, you know, maybe it does happen, but the maintenance of it seems to be pretty good from what I've seen. Um, and I think that, and maybe you've seen this also in your business, like if you make an intentional space, an intentional home, and you have that discipline, and this is another thing can mark that the method brings, right? The over and over making decisions based on what sparks joy, moving through different types. If you're continuing to do that, like you get to a place where it clicks, right? Like I tell my clients during our intro calls, I don't want to have to come back to your place, right? I don't want, there's not a membership, right? I don't want to have to come back again. Um, I want you to know what I know. This, this is habit building. This is you getting out of your own way. I think the connection to the person's authenticity also and what works for them matters. So I have some ideas as to how to organize things, right? Like I organize my own home in a certain way, but I pay very close attention to what does the client need so that this feels good to them and that they will, they will be inclined to put it back. So does the organization also spark joy? The item needs to spark joy. Does where it is spark joy? Does the container it's in spark joy, right? So all these little kind of tricks that I'm sure just not Kanmari consultants do to um, encourage our clients to keep up with what we've taught them. Right, so you mentioned your own home. Do you use the Kanmari method in your own home? I do, yeah. So, and you know what? There's one thing I didn't mention about the certification process. So in order to even get into the class, you have to Kanmari your own space and submit oh, pictures. okay. Yep. So, yeah. And so, you know, as I said, my home was tidy. And um, after I got divorced, you know, I went through stuff and whatever. So I didn't have a lot. I felt like I didn't have a lot, of course. And then, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, Kanmari. And so I went through the whole method in my space and I got rid of like half my stuff. Wow. Like, oh, Okay. And then, so this is, this is kind of interesting. So then um, I take the class, I start working with clients and one day I'm standing in front of my closet and I'm like, I don't know what to put on. And then I was like, wait a minute. This is not, I was like, something isn't right here. And I realized that when I applied spark joy by myself, that I hadn't really, I hadn't really been fully honest with myself. And I was still at the time working on my authenticity, really trying to get to a place where I can fully, fully show up as myself. I had this, you know, people pleasing tendency, right? Um, and so I asked one of my friends who took the course with me if she would come marry me. She was, I was like, can you help me with my clothing? She's like, what are you talking about, <laughs> right? Why do you need me to do this? I'm like, I just feel like I wasn't fully truthful as I was doing it. I didn't have somebody to mirror back 
or somebody to motivate me or somebody to tell me jokes or somebody to let, like all the things we do for people. I'm like, I want that. I want that person. She's like, all right. So she did clothing with me. She did books and I got rid of another half of stuff. So like, you know, I kind of, it, it enabled me to see, first of all, that I needed to do a little more work on myself, but also that the value in what we do um, and how it really does help to have someone there walking you through this, keeping you honest, right? She was like, but you said, I'm like, yeah, I like this sweatshirt. She's like, but you said you didn't like gray sweatshirts. <laughs> I was like, mm. <laughs> right? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that, that, was, that was interesting, but that's how it went down. And so now I'm much more conscious and I, I'm not saying I'm perfect or not. You know, sometimes I'm like, well, let me just buy this little thing here but I'm definitely a much more mindful and intentional. And I think about, does it fit in my home? You know, um, I'm teaching it to my daughter, all of that, so. So one of my favorite things to ask every organizer is about their favorite organizing products. Can you tell me what are some of yours? Okay, so I really love these paper, like document products from, they sell them at the container store. I think the company is called Big So. It's a, it's a um, I think it's a Swedish company, but they come in all different colors, um, like every color in the rainbow. So like, and you know, and I think with paper, like people hate paper, hate, hate paper. And they never know what to put it in. And everything you can put it in is usually not very cute. and. <laughs> So, and these are incredible. Like they come in all different sizes, eight and a half by 11, 11 by 14. They come in like a little desktop file situation. You can have them out on your bookshelf and no one will even realize you have paper in there. Um, and so I've had my clients use them in their offices, in their living rooms, even in their kids' rooms to store stuff. So I really love them. I use them myself for my keepsakes, for my journals. Um, I've got different color for my daughter than I have for myself. So I really love those. Um, I also really love, Eucopia has this rollout fridge caddy. It comes in white and also comes in like a clear acrylic. And you can, like it literally has a little handle and you can roll it out almost like a wheelbarrow. So fantastic. <laughs> I love that thing. I've got it in my own space and I recommend that to my clients a lot. And then the last thing, I love velvet hangers. And Maybe that's because I live in New York where space is paramount, right? So the, the thinness of the velvet hanger makes me happy. But I just love to see the tidiness of them. I love that, you know, they always fit, like they fit so nicely in my client's closets, right? Like no matter what the size of the closet is, they work, they maximize. They don't, they don't allow like things that are slinky to fall off. Like I wrote an article for um, Simplify Magazine and I call them like the Beyonce of like, of organizing products. I agree, like, I just think I agree with you there because they're that's good. Thing too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I think they're great and they come in all colors. Like I'm very much into color. My whole brand is like super colorful. Um, and I love that they come in all colors. Like I just ordered purple for a client recently. You know, why not? God, why yeah, not open and put like your favorite color? Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. So that's it. Um, those are my three faves that come to mind right now. Okay. So, okay. Can you tell me what is your greatest achievement as a professional organizer? Oh boy. Um, 
I mean, I could say like, oh, like in this article with that, you know, big company kind of thing, but that's not it, I think. Um, you know, I, I really think I'm on this, I'm on this planet for, I don't, I don't feel like people have just one purpose. I feel like I have a few. Um, and one of them is, uh, is learning how to be authentic and teaching people to do the same. So I think my greatest achievement is going into my client spaces, whether it's virtual or in person and being myself, being my full self and that working, right? Like clients saying, you made me feel so comfortable. You made me feel so safe. Um, because yeah, I know the Kanmari method. I know how it works. I know the ins and outs and, but the, but Marie's not in the room with me, right? Like it's me still showing up as me. And one thing I said to myself once I left law was that I really have got to be myself, right? Like whoever I connect with, whether it's family, friends, relationship, my kid, um, to clients, like I need to show up fully. And I'm teaching people how to show up fully, right? So how can I not, not do that? Um, and I think my, so I think my greatest achievement has been like every time I have a new client or meet with somebody else or have another lesson, I can be my full self and it's fine. Yeah, and they can too. They can tell me all the embarrassing, crazy, unbelievable, sad stories about themselves. And I'll be on the other side, like not judging and making them feel seen. It's really, I mean, it's not about the stuff, you know? For me anyway, um, for them, it probably is more about the stuff. <laughs> but it's, um, I think just that space to feel seen and heard and understood and, you know, making people, making people's lives better and bringing them joy. It's just, there's nothing like it. It's good stuff. Well, Pia, I have thoroughly enjoyed having you on and learning more about you and learning more about the KonMari method. It definitely sounds like a method that really does help people. And kudos to you for, you know, taking that training, getting on a waiting list to get it done, because it really does sound like it's life changing. It really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the life changing magic of tidying up. Right? So there you go. <laughs> Shameless plug, right? <laughs> Yeah, can you tell everyone how they can find out more information about you? Oh, sure. Okay, so my website is sweet-digs.com because the person who owns Sweet Digs wanted a bazillion dollars for that. And I was like, no. So sweet-digs. And then my Instagram is sweet underscore digs. And if you go to my website, you can find all the links to all the other things that I hardly ever post on. So you could join my email list. I have a lot of wonderful things coming up that I'm excited about, but I can't share quite, you know, right now. If you join the email list, you can stay tuned and find out everything that I'm up to. Pia, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Naima. It was great to be here with you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in and make sure to watch us next time for an all new episode.